You're listening to a Big Finish production. And that's the way, aha, aha, we like it. This is the Big Finish podcast official released splurge on 1st of <laughs> April 215080. <laughs> Good morrow and welcome to our audio world of voices, sounds, music and so much more. Oh, I like that. It's a bit Hancock's half hour. <laughs> it uh, wasn't it, but it's actually dun 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 dun. Oh, the uh, bit of Beethoven. That? Great, great war film as well. That's from what's it called? L- the Longest Day. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, I digress. Um, yes, in this magical world, we have the power to create things that live on or inside your brain. Can you resist? Well, I hope not. Anyway, I'm Benji. He's Nick, and, well, let's just get on with it. Thanks, Benji. Coming up, I'm chatting to 7th Doctor Sylvester McCoy. Well, I'm not. I will be. Was I, I used the wrong tense there. I'm not actually chatting with him now. <laughs> Isn't that right, Sylvester? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, we'll be giving you... Because Sylvester always says I. Uh, and we'll be giving you a drama tease of the first 15 minutes of our Doctor Who spin-off adventure, Tales from New Earth, from the world created by Russell T. Davies. And, of course, there'll be the usual mix of our ever-popular features along the way. Big Finish news, listeners' emails, including competition results, and a new competition. Oh, very exciting. And as well as that, we'll have the Randomoid Selectatron and a roundup of the latest releases. Listen up for clips, trailers, and many a nugget of audio gold, as well as some tangents. We love our tangents. Got a tangent, Benji? No, just oranges. (laughs) 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 well i'll tell you what i'll I'll kickstart one because we mentioned uh tv ident earlier this will be a nice quick fire one favorite tv ident nick now i I bet it will be down to your region as to where you grew up but i want the southern no but i quite like the um uh london weekends one that that was my choice yeah can you have a go at humming it okay oh humming it I was just going to any recreating it okay. with your mouth. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, there's a lot going on. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I think I like I like London Weekend Television because um because the the trumpets just sound so good. Like I just envy that that's oh, it's yeah. joyous, isn't it? Incredible. Joyous. And, and I love the fact that they were so lazy that they only made television at the weekends. Yeah, well, you know, well, we tried it in the week, but it didn't work. Too like, like busy like down the pub, really. Let's <laughs> be honest, yeah. But yeah, I had to ask that question because you know why not? Why not? It's uh, that, and that building is still there. You know the London Weekend building. That it is the ITV building now. Uh, is it the, the same? Bank, but they still use I it. I go there for meetings when I. Yeah, it's still ITV who use it, and I um, and they have studios at the bottom there, and I go there for my you know meetings about the prisoner and all that. Malawi. I hear that they play. Don't they play the? Th- like the TV theme music in the throughout the corridors or something. That's what I heard. Well, not as true. I don't know. What of the prisoner? Oh, all, all different types of shows apparently. Oh, I don't know. 
Okay, actually, I'm not. I was going to say I'm going to go there uh, next week, but I'm not actually going there. I'm going to a restaurant just down the road to meet them. Anyway, well, <laughs> break, enough of my executive life. Break in and loiter in the corridors and miss the meeting. And if they are so, well, I thought you said it was in the corridors that we were meeting <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> anyway, yes, uh, enough of this frivolous bants. Uh, time now to put on your dinner jacket, straighten yes. your tie. For why I hear you ask, well, it's time for the ruddy news, oh boy. And coming up in the news this week, the latest Eighth Doctor saga is about to start. There's a brand new series tease and a big finished lunch's top secret expose. Mm. So yes, coming up this week, we finally begin a new exciting phase of Eighth Doctor adventures. Paul McGann once again returns to the role. We've had Dark Eyes, we've had Doom Coalition, but now it's time for... Ravenous. Along with Paul McGann, it stars Nicola Walker as Liv Chenka, Hattie Moran as Helen Sinclair, with Mark Bonnar as the Eleven, Ian Nice as Winston Churchill, and Nicholas Rowe as the Candyman. Yes, the Candyman, the the Candyman uh, from the Happiness Patrol, but with a little twist. Mm, yes, well, here's a trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Eighth Doctor Adventures, Ravenous, Volume 1. We started to spot something unusual about some of the aerial attacks. Military targets, as you would expect, but destroyed to an incredibly complete degree. I don't care what newfangled camouflage they've got, there's still no match for the RAF. Prepare to engage the enemy. Okay, Medtech Chenka, if you're not here to work, why are you here? We were looking for someone, a friend, Helen. Helen Sinclair. This time I'm certain. The TARDIS is certain. Helen is definitely here. This is something different. You don't eat flesh and bone, do you? You feed on something else. Psychic energy. Sometimes I think I've seen everything. End of the universe, time-hopping nuns, exploding moons, but today's been special. What is this place? It looks more like a kitchen than a lab. Because it is. I know you, don't I? We've met before. Cream, custard, and bread and fruit. Topped with chocolate crunch and drizzled with raspberry jus. It is you, the candy man. I am a good man. I shall handle matters from here. I am a good man. It won't be easy alone. I wish I could do something. Big finish. We love stories. And Doctor Who Ravenous will be out this week. Time now for a special tease of something brand new for Big Finish. Uh, you won't have heard it before. That's for that's a fact. That's the one of the catchphrases, isn't it? Uh, this <laughs> is an exclusive. Nick was in the studio this week with one of the Big Finish veteran actors, a man who has starred as Judge Dredd, who has played the comic strip villain Dog Bolter, who's played well a truly astounding number of roles over the year. Is it the year or the years? I imagine the yeah, years. Sorry, yeah. Not just yeah, this right, year, sorry. but many of them. Uh, <laughs> his vocal versatility is boundless. Uh, I speak of none other than Toby Longworth. And here he is, talking to Nick about possibly Big Finish's most exciting project ever. I've heard a lot of interesting kind of... Um, what the word is uh, I'm looking for. I've heard, I've heard some interesting tendrils. 
Views. being oozed out of the uh, the, the big Finnish uh, sphere. As I, understand, I don't know what. It's not even a mixed metaphor. It's like, I but it's, I heard you've got something in uh, the pipeline for April. Is that right? You've got something coming out somewhere near the beginning of April. I heard. It's like a musical yeah. thing, or oh. is it? Um, I don't know if I can give anything about it. Well, it's, yeah, you could tease it a bit. Well, uh, I suppose H.G. Wells, um, John Carter, comedy musical. I mean, I don't know if it's a really. It's because, you know, puppets. I can't say. I shouldn't say puppets, really, should I? But it's apparently you're doing something that's taking you from just audio in a kind of. And again, it's puppets is a big word, but, you know. Thunderbirds were puppets and that kind of thing, but I understand there's H.G. Wells, an H.G. Wells based thing, lots and lots of songs, and um, a couple of other, you know, I can, well, I can't really talk about it, but the people from the old old school going to be performing a lot of them. People who wouldn't be able to move about quite as much, maybe. But bakers is what I'm saying. There's, there's, you've got more than one baker, and they're going to be playing like a little bit. I don't know if you can, can I say he walks? Toby Longworth there with, I think you'll agree, some very exciting news indeed. And finally, after many years of Big Finish listeners asking for more details about the famed Big Finish lunches, we have another exclusive for you. As many of you will know, the studio we use uh, the most is Moat Studios, and that's run by Toby Robinson, who's been a friend to us all for years. One of Toby's special skills is that he prepares the frankly superb lunches. Ask any actor, producer, director or writer or anyone who's been to the Moat Studios and they'll tell you just how superb the lunches are. We've often tried to interview Toby about the lunches. In fact, I tried to do it the other week, but Toby steadfastly refuses to comment on that one. He did bless him, yeah. you know. Like, like I, I get, I get him, you know. Like I said, hey, do you, do you, well, he I was even, distressed, wasn't he? He was distressed at the prospect. Yeah, he just said he just said he hates doing interviews and doesn't like it. And it's not just us; it's for other things as well. And I totally understand it because it's not for everybody, and, and so yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. But we know that you, our loyal listeners, would be fascinated to hear from Toby. So in order to give you what you want, I've resorted to lies and subterfuge. Yes, I recorded Toby without telling him. I expect a call from his lawyer any moment. But in the meantime, here are the tantalising details Toby revealed when tricked into speaking candidly. Yes, we present for you undercover journalism of an award-winning standard. Basically, I recorded him in my phone. I mean, I just I just stood there, you know, just sort of, you know, stood there holding it, sort of just holding it in my hand. And he just seemed not to notice. Is that legal? I don't know. Anyway, here's what he said. So what have we got, by the way? Thanks. Yeah. I've got some mild ones. I've got, um, oh, that's prawn I made, which is mild. Yeah. This is, there's a lot of that, which is chickeny. Uh, chicken, uh, very mild. Uh, what's what they normally Korma. call it? Korma is what it's called, Nick. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester requested hot curries. So <laughs> these are two fiery, fiery curries. We stay well clear of them. <laughs> the, all these, the veggie ones, are okay. I might do another veggie one if I get time. Brilliant. Oh, well, there's, and, and there's some naan as well, isn't there? There is naan, and there's going to be rice and stuff. So there should be enough tea. I, I take it deeply. The reason I, I get nervous and keep apologising is because I don't want to injure you. Yeah, uh, but it's my responsibility. So. You can say that, but, uh, you know, it's like... And so now you know the truth. The truth is out, ladies and gentlemen. 
And what a truth, though. Those lunches are worth everything. Do you think every- that was fair? Do you think that was fair or unfair? I think so. It was under. It was quite underhanded, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't cricket, was it? It wasn't cricket, no. But although the, apparently cricket's a game you can quite literally cheat at now and then just cry about on television afterwards, and then it's all right. Well, that's the, the, the world we live in now. I know nothing about cricket. I, I could neither do I. I could no. begin to tell. It's you. It's very boring. That's what I know. It's about like a, it's like a less fun version of rounders. And and I, I, you know I like rounders. Uh, I no wonder they started cheating. They just got bored of playing by the rules. Exactly, and they? They, they had to wear silly outfits and 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 those stupid shin pads that are really big. That look yeah. too big. I don't know. Were you forced to play cricket at school? Not cricket. No, no. I was, no, I was, I was endlessly. Oh, I, I never did. I cricket. said, "Can I do? Uh, I'll be one of the fielders." I used to just disappear. <laughs> that was like that at football. That was me at football. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it was either it would be one of the defenders and just stand around, or yeah. be full full pelt like striker so that I could just go and slide tackle people. There was no in between. My problem with my big problem with sport is that. This sounds a bit weird, but physically, I looked like a sports person at school because I was tall for my age, and I grew up very quickly, and so I had I, I had the full footballer's legs, hairy legs, and all yeah. this kind of stuff, and the, and all the tutors wanted me to you know be involved, and I hated it. It's got no story. I know millions of people are spitting at the uh, at their earphones now because I've. That's the only thing I've really ever upset people about in my life when I've told them I don't like sport. And I th- I mean, obviously, I don't think sport should not exist because I think it's vital to society for people to let off steam and express their Absolutely. tribal feelings and all this kind of thing rather than having a war. That's the main purpose of sport. Uh, but I did say once in a, in a cast, I said, you know, sport is boring and pointless. And this guy, I, I thought he was going to kill me. He just said, that is the most stupid thing I have ever heard anyone say. And it was like, if you don't take that back, I'm going to rip your head off, kind of. And I just went, well, each to their own. But that wasn't enough for him, you see. Yeah, he wanted you to... You have to to say sport is brilliant. And and I don't. It's. I've always been very lucky on on the sport front because um, when I was at school, uh, I think it was about year nine or so, um, I had a problem with my hand, and so that meant that I, I wasn't allowed to do contact sport uh, for pretty much the foreseeable future. Uh, and also because of that, and because of the, the severity of it, um, it meant that I wasn't able to do PE for about a year and a half to two years. And it was, and then result. It, it was brilliant. I know. I was just, I, I became like people. People used to be like, oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna skip PE this week so I can hang out with you. Like we just stand and watch it. <laughs> but and then finally, when I was able to do PE again, the teachers just got so used to me not doing it that they sort of just said, "Okay, you know." That, that, I think that you had to do either you either did sport as the um, as your GCSE, or you just did like the sport for people, the PE for people that didn't want to do PE. And because it wasn't like it was just like they would had to do PE because they had to do it. They just didn't used to care. They'd just turn a blind eye to the fact that I would sneak off and go into the music room where I'd just go and sit there and play on pianos and sitars and whatever else was knocking around in there. Fantastic. I say play on sitars, but I can't play sitar at all. But you just mess around. That's good. Yeah, just mess around, talk to girls and just do do what a teenage person does rather than play badminton, really. Did I tell you they asked me to be, when I was 15 or 16, they asked me to be in the school rugby team. See, rugby is all right because 
is no, kind of like no, it's not. It's sport. It's even worse. Yeah, but you can sort of slightly fight in that one. There's like less rules. You can just kind of go for it. It's <sighs> rubbish. Um, but it was hilarious. Them asking me, and I said, "All oh, right, no thanks." And they went, "No, no, 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 no. We're asking you to be <laughs> in the school." rugby team i said yeah no i did get that i i just don't want to do it no 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 we're asking you to be in there and i said i don't want to do it and they were like they're sort of looking at each other and kind of you know they couldn't force me to do it but if you don't want to do it you don't want to do it and that's my that's my they really they really hated me after that well i hope you tackled them just just to make a point (laughs) draw me in there now do you do you i mean i could go into I could I could go into a whole thing about sports teachers, but there'll be too many sports teachers uh, listening, and uh, and who are of course now all marvellous. <laughs> anyway, I think was that the end of the news? That was the end of the news. Yeah, it was a, a suitable ending, I think, and yeah, a nice reflection as, of and us. And now as, the sports, <laughs> and now <laughs> and now the sporting news coming up soon. Uh, more sport no our, our <laughs> guest star interview with seventh doctor sylvester mccoy who'll be discussing sport he won't he won't uh when we find out uh what's tingling his molecular structure about sport no not sport uh but before that listeners sport emails i bet sylvester likes a bit of sport I don't know whether Sylvester likes sport, actually. I didn't ask him about that, funnily enough, since I'm not <laughs> interested in sport! <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I'll tell you one thing I am uh, interested in, and that is emails. It's, it's, for oh. me, it's difficult to describe the impact that emails have on my life. Suffice to say that I do love them more than sport. <laughs> I love sport. No, I don't. I do. I don't. I don't know what to do. Uh, but all you have to do is to join in is to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's the big P-O-D cast at the big B-I-G fin ish dot com. And first up, this one here from Andy Ritz. Oh. Hello, Benji and Nick. I really wanted to thank Big Finish for five very specific releases. Over the years, my mother's slowly been clued in to my love for Big Finish. It could be the amount of time I talk about it, or the two and a half and counting plastic bins filled to the brim with Big Finish CDs sitting in their attic. But somehow they've managed, uh, they've realised that I kind of sort of like it. Uh, And my mum has uh, slowly been getting into Big Finish a bit as well. Oh, it all started with The Prisoner, Volume 1, back in 2016. In. Yeah, it's a get in, isn't it? Uh, uh, which I got her for her birthday after she scoffed at the idea of someone adapting <laughs> The Prisoner, replacing Patrick McGowan. Yes, who would do that? Uh, <laughs> she found herself absolutely eating her words and loving the mm. release. And as time has gone on, She's listened to some of the other stories, The Prisoner Volume 2, of course, as well as The Invisible Man and Hamlet, and finally King Lear, her favourite of the five. So, on behalf of me, an already massive Big Finish fan, and my mum, a relative newbie on the scene, thank you for those fantastic releases. They've made my mum extremely happy, and they've made me very happy as well, to both have her happy and to have heard such fantastic stories. All the best, Andy Ritz. P.S. 
Uh, on behalf of my mum, please tell me that there are some more Shakespeare adaptations on the way. If not, I'd kindly ask you to find a way to tell her yourselves, as I fear her wrath if she's told there's no more coming. <laughs> well, uh, we better not say that there, there aren't any more coming. I love a bit of Richard III, just just saying, just saying. Would you? Well, now is the winter of our discontent. Uh, Next up from uh, this one from Mary Jean Spear. She just writes to me, actually, because of the Baltimore Convention regeneration. I wanted to send you a note after the Baltimore regeneration who convention uh, to say my husband and I missed you this year. My husband and I. That's what the Queen says. Uh, We always enjoy seeing you and hearing you speak. Uh, we did get to chat with Jason Hegelery this morning Ooh. and we asked him to send you our regards, which he failed to do, I'm afraid. We also met Lisa Greenwood. What a delight. Flip. Amazing. Lovely person. Yes. We were, she was doing a lot of tweeting from that convention. And, uh, the most interesting one, I thought, was her and Peter Davison and she had that app that makes your mouth go yeah. all wild. <laughs> and he was going, stop it, I hate this, stop it! <laughs> With his mouth going all huge. Um, I'm sure you have heard already that in her panel, Michelle Gomez announced she had just finished recording a story with Alex Kingston. Hooray! Can you tell us when that will be released? Thanks and please plan to return to Baltimore in future years. Yours, Mary Jean Spear. Um, she gives her address, we won't say. Um, well, the thing is, Mary, um, Mary Jean, Mary Jean Spear, I'll just build on your name. Um, I'd be there if they invited me, but they didn't invite me, so have a word. Um, I would have loved to have been there, not least because Peter Capaldi was there, and it would have been lovely to have seen him again. Um, uh, Michelle Gomez shouldn't have made that. <laughs> <laughs> But we welcome her enthusiasm. Uh, and she is, of course, incredible and marvellous. And we love her to bits. Um, so I can't tell you anything more about that. And in fact, I want you to forget you heard about it. All right. I was just uh, looking at the press release for it. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> on you go, Benji. Well, finally, this one here from Matt Holzman. Dear Nick and Benji, I've been really looking forward to the two short trip stories read by Camille Kaduri and written by Joe Lidster, but have seen the release dates have changed to date TBA, and all other short trips have shuffled forward a month or two in their places. Why is this and will they ever get released? I need to listen to them. Jackie Tyler has to be the best character in New Doctor Who, and Joe Lidster is one of the best writers for Big Finish, especially his writing of female characters. So I was counting down the days until this was released. Please, please tell me uh, we're still getting it. Then say it'll be announced this week with a weird square. It must be an emoji or something. Maybe it's just a square. Uh, No, it's an emoji on my screen. It's a kind of face. Oh, it's just a square for me. It's it's just sort of... Oh, it hasn't come through. How peculiar. Uh, Does it need saying that Big Finish should buck up and uh, release these short trips sooner rather than later? I'm sure it does so. Buck up! (laughs) Matt Holzman. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I wanted to put this one in because it's something we just uh, should absolutely mention. Yes, those stories, there's been a little bit of a production problem. Um, and they they will be released. They absolutely will be released. And we're really, really sorry for the delay. But things are being sorted out. And uh, as soon as we can get a release date for them, 
we will announce it sorry about that it was it, it was virtually on the verge of them being released that the uh, problem was uh, noticed if, if you'll forgive me it's a sensitive issue i won't go into it now but um it's um yeah it's being sorted out brilliantly and and it's all great and uh, they they were we they have not been withdrawn or cancelled and absolutely yeah joe lidster brilliant oh, camille love camille love a bit of jackie tyler so sorry about that matt really sorry about the way we're bucking up but not as fast as you'd like us to buck up but we are bucking up and now on to competitions <laughs> That that music that Joe Lister loves, and he is going to say. <laughs> so first up, then let's announce the winner of our latest competition. Then after that, we'll set a new competition. I think. Oh, lovely! Oh. Just to remind you, the question was: John Pertwee recorded a voice for a radio broadcast, which featured in one of his TV Doctor Who episodes. The voice was cut from the UK broadcast masters, uh, but was left in some of the video masters sent overseas for broadcast. The question was: Name the third Doctor TV story in which this happened, and the winner is Ian Humphreys, who said, "Hi, Nick and Benji. The voiceover oh. was for." Inferno being heard by brigade leader and others in the alternative version of Earth. Glad to hear that you are feeling better slash less worse. Keep up the great work. Chin chin, Ian Humphreys. Ian was correct. The prize is volume four of the Third Doctor Adventures. So here's a clip of that. We cut that way too fine. Activate the leveler. That's what it said. Is that what's inside? A cyber leveller. I can't stay here. Master, it's all right now. Let me alone. They're meant to be dead. Wiped out. Official. That's what they told everyone. Doctor, what are those things? Cyber men? They're what some people would describe as progress. Progress? <laughs> Who's progress? Mr. Greer, what are you doing? Making sure I'm going to cut out the transmitter units from the chest. Isn't it a bit late for that? <coughs> They'll soon send in more. It's all right, Joe. Come here, you. No. No, it's not all right. I know they're robots, but it's still horrible. Robots? The trouble is, they're not just robotic machines. They're not? You mean... You mean they're alive? In a manner of speaking, yes. Now, Ian, I've added a digital download of this to your account at Big Finish, uh, but you didn't supply us with your postal address. So please, Ian, if you're listening, let us know your postal address. Email in to podcast at bigfinish.com and I'll have the CDs of Volume 4 of the Third Doctor Adventures sent to you straight away. And so now it's time for our new competition. We're offering as the prize Sherlock Holmes, the master of Blackstone Grange, which also includes the Christmas special, the Fleet Street Transparency. Here's a reminder of that release. And so with this blushing young flower seller, you fell hopelessly in love? I did, sir. Remarkable, isn't it? The workings of fate. How one's life might be altered in a trice. Had you gone home, Horace, by another route that night, or had she not stayed so long in the rain? Why, you would never have met, and everything now would be quite different. How very poetic, Watson. And so, if you want to get your hands on the latest great adventure of the Briggs Earl Holmes Watson team-up, all you have to do is answer this question. 
in the Big Finish release of The Hound of the Baskervilles. Who played Sir Henry Baskerville? And what is his connection to the famous British TV series The Avengers? Answers in an email to podcast at bigfinish.com with the subject line, indubitably. Uh, Nick, can you say that for me? Indubitably. Wonderful. Much better than me. Uh, The closing date is the 13th of April in the space year 20. 18. Nick, before you finish this off, though, that story, The Hound of the Baskervilles, I've got a little anecdote about that, which happened oh. literally this past week to do with this exact release. Um, Get in. It was really strange. It was um, I was uh, I went out for, for dinner with my family, my my uncle, my auntie and my cousins. And uh, my uncle was there and he said, oh, he said, it's great because we we both work freelance. So we work from home and do that. He said, yeah, it's great. He said, I'm, I'm back doing my um, illustration work now. He said, and I was uh, out and I thought I'd listen to some audio dramas. And I was out in a charity shop. He saw uh, that release was there, the um, the Hound of the Baskervilles Big Finish release. He had no idea it was no. Big Finish or anything to do with that. But he said, oh, um, he said, yeah. Uh, he said, I was listening to the uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles. He said, and, uh, and um, he said, it was really good. He said, absolutely loved it. And I said, oh, I said, I wonder if that's one of ours. And um, he said, well, he said, I'd know the cover if you showed it to me. So I got it off and he said, yes. He said, that's the one. He said, I loved it. He said, I thought it was brilliant. He said, I was captivated. He said, I had to, wow. he said, I had to stop working at points because I was like too into it. But the interesting thing is he actually did ask. He said, oh, that um, Henry Baskerville was really good in that as well. He said, who played him? He said, I recognised really? the voice. Yeah, it was really, it was one of those things. Obviously, he said that, that you know, the Holmes and Watson thing is spot on because obviously it's, it kind of works that way. Well, I was waiting for you to say something. I thought he was going to say, unfortunately, he found it was let down massively by Sherlock Holmes. He found, it, he found him unconvincing. He found, <laughs> no, sounded he sounded like a big, big finished podcast presenter. He sounded very similar. He sounds like the type of person you'd know, Benji. Um, <laughs> but no, but he loved it. And I thought that was, I thought that was really cool and, and slightly oh. spooky, you know, in a way yeah. that, that works. Well, I've and, decided to, yeah, because only this morning I decided to set that as the competition prize but there you go so if you've not, not heard that release but if yeah. you've not heard it though give it give it give it a go because give apparently it go. my uncle who's never listened to big finish before uh, likes it so why well, not? should we uh, should we um just sneak in the trailer for the hound of the baskervilles absolutely of course i've heard of the hound ever since i was in the nursery it's the pet story of the family though i never thought of taking it seriously before coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Of the origin of the Hound of the Baskervilles, there have been many statements, yet as I come in a direct line from Hugo Baskerville, I've set it down with all belief that it occurred, even as is here set forth. In your opinion, there is a diabolical agency which makes Dartmoor an unsafe abode for a Baskerville. Do you not find it interesting? (sighs) To a collector of fairy tales. Over the great Grimpen Mire, there hung a dense white fog. As it flowed onward, we fell back before it until we were half a mile from the house. And still, that dense, white sea, with the moon silvering its upper edge, swept slowly and inexorably on. Look out! It's coming! A dreadful shape had sprung out upon us from the shadows. Never in the delirious dream of a disordered brain could anything more savage, more appalling, more hellish be conceived than that dark form and savage face which broke upon us out of the wall of fog. My God, what was it? What in heaven's name was it? The practical point which we now have to decide, Sir Henry, is whether it is or is not advisable for you to go to Baskerville Hall. Well, I seem to have come into an inheritance with a vengeance. 
a dreadful shape had sprung out upon us from the shadows. A hound it was, an enormous coal-black hound, but not such a hound as mortal eyes have ever seen. Sherlock Holmes, The Hound of the Baskervilles There we are. Great um, post-production there by Martin Montague. And that's it for the competitions. And that's it for the emails as well. That's right. I think, well, as soon as they're both together, let's pop them both into the back of a lovely old uh, Austin Maxi. In the back seat, not the front. I'm not going to trust them to drive. Um, And just (laughs) going to send them up the M1, up towards Manchester. Don't know why. Um, Well, why not, quite frankly. It's where the ITV building is. No, it's not. Well, Granada is. The Granada building's up there. Send it up there. Why not? Coming up later, the Randomoid Selectrotron, in which we randomly select a release from the Big Finish archives to recommend to you and chat about. And don't forget, we also have a 15-minute drama tease of the New Earth box set. Uh, but before all that, we present the glory that is Sylvester McCoy. So, um, Sylvester, welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Thank you. Um, this, I know this is going to be a fascinating in-depth interview because you, uh, the director, Jamie Anderson, has just said you can go home. Yes. And I've prevented you from going Indeed. home. So this is, I don't know. I'm rushing off to yeah. meet Bob Picardo. Oh. Another science fiction doctor from Star Trek Deep Voyager. Voyager. Well, I was going to say Deep Space Nine. Hush my mouth. Yeah. Oh, it is. But and yeah, other things. Voyager, yeah. yeah. He was also, he turned up in one of the Star Trek movies as well. He did, yes. Yeah. yeah. And how did you meet him? Well, um, I met him at conventions in America um, and we we had a laugh together and then uh, we did a play last August at the Edinburgh Festival called A Joke and it was an Irishman an Englishman and a Scotsman it was Samuel Beckett with even more laughs and he was great and we've become great friends and we've done some filming in America for possible projects and he happens to have just popped over to England yesterday and he's going back Wednesday, and so we're meeting tonight for dinner. Well, next time he comes over, do mention Big Finish, because we'd love to have him in to do something. Oh, really? He, if he'd be up for it. I mean, he's a great actor, isn't he? He's a wonderful actor, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he, he would. He's, uh, he likes, nice, yeah. Oh, no, I will ask him, yeah. And I'll let you know, write him in for the next one. Yeah. I mean, it's not fl- flattering for either him or me, depending on your point of view, but a lot of people have told me that I look like him over the years. I think that's mainly that's some kind of baldism, isn't it? Do you think so? It's not sexism; it's baldism. Could be sexism. Might be <laughs> racism. <laughs> well, he's American. So. That can't be it. Then I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I've got yeah. myself into a conversational cul-de-sac. Um, the question uh, that I always ask on the podcast that I asked you last time, and I don't think we came up with an answer, was when did we first meet? I've no idea of you. Uh when did we first meet? Oh, I know now. I can't remember what I said. Yeah. Way, way back. Was it in uh, someone's toilet? Yeah. Because we were doing a, an audio recording and they used to someone's record toilet. it in someone's toilet. <laughs> in the basement. Oh, but it's Because the sound like was toilet. really good. The sound was really good. Yeah, I had. I certainly met you there when we were doing. We you didn't expect that answer, did you? <laughs> <laughs> in the toilet. Um, I met. That's right, and I think I must have said this last time on the South Bank, just when you. Oh, was I was busking, and I. And that's right, I gave you a fiver. Yes. No, I um, 
you were doing the um, thing of me, Pied Piper, Piper of Pied Piper of Hamelin. Yeah, at the uh, National. Yeah, uh, and I and I interviewed you outside of there because you've just been cast as the Doctor. Oh yes, oh that's, I remember that now. Convention. Yes, on, on, on just outside the theatre. Yeah, near the, the and river, then, and then they put it on a big screen at the, at, uh, the Panopticon Convention with yeah. me, rather insipidly asking you fairly puerile questions and me giving a answers you gave me very good answer i tried to make a joke about a nail being hammered into your nose and you gave me very short shrift for that <laughs> it's it's not a trick you said no don't no. do it at home no. um the other thing is what i mean generally apart from well it could be food what's tingling your molecules about big finish at the moment well uh, uh the infinite variety of stories i mean this one was comedic in many ways and that's great fun and uh, others are darker, and I enjoy those. And um, also, the, uh, I'm enjoying working with different companions because it's a different relationship with each of them, and that's quite interesting to explore. And we've got more different ones coming up. As we well, have, so. yes, but that's a secret. Don't tell anyone. And what's tingling your molecules, finally, uh, in the general world of entertainment for you? A snapshot of what you're enjoying at the moment. Oh, enjoying. Hmm. Oh, well, I was watching a thing called Sneaky Pete on Netflix, which mm -hmm. I thought was brilliant. Um, it, what is it about? It's about con men, really. Oh, I suppose right. card sharps, con men. And it, Brian Cranston is the executive producer. But he's, all, he, he's, all, he's in the first series anyway. And um, it's, it, it was very, very good. I'm become, a, in my old age, my dotage, a lover of binge watching <laughs> and I just love television now that you can do that although for the, anyone that's going to make any more series because they just keep them at the most up to six episodes I can do one of those in a day yeah. but I do actually sometimes like to stay up until four in the morning when it's all dark and cosy the fire on watching <sighs> trying to stay awake to watch to see who did what at the end <laughs> you crazy kid <laughs> you're living the life <laughs> it is it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you have a guilty secret in amongst any of your entertainment that something you like that you think you shouldn't like well yeah it's uh, it's a bit in the past really but it's prisoner of cell block eight <laughs> really when i was in the west end at the time and it used to go out uh, in the evening at 11 30 or 11 15 yeah. and i used to rush home when it was on, close all the curtains so that nobody knew I was watching it. <laughs> and then I'd hug myself and joy laughing at the appallingness of it. I got to meet some of the actors later too, when they came over to... to, to I was a big fanboy of, you know, Prisoner wow. of Sandlock Age. <laughs> Did you watch the whole thing? Because it went on for many years. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean yeah, because I had lots of runs in the West End. I was, you know, kind of... <laughs> it, was, it was on once a week, I think, and I'd kind of rush home to see it. Brilliant. Okay, well, I, you must rush now. I can't keep you any longer. Right, thank, you you okay. thank you very much. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And off he goes on his way to meet Robert Picardo. Uh, I've been uh, having a great time producing Sylvester's stories for the main range recently. Got a couple more of those to record in the coming weeks. Oh, very tasty. Very tasty. Love Sylvester. What a, what a cool guy. Absolute dude. Yes. Absolute dude. Uh, and now... Uh, coming up is the Randomoid Selectatron that old friend of ours ran so cue that epic music what have we got 
We're in there with The Liberator Chronicles Volume 8. Well, I, t- Ooh, I just headbutted the microphone. I, I don't know anything about this. Here's the trailer. Welcome, Welcome to Lodge Lake. What was that? Stealth attack. The rebel fleet have arrived. But what kind of ship? That could only be one ship. Destroy it! Destroy the Liberator! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Representative Ronte. Now this is a pleasant surprise. Supreme Commander. After everything that's happened, you can call me Servala. Servala, what's on the lost freighter? Still not worked it out. The trial left out quite a bit of the story. Perhaps you could oblige me. Does that matter now? There's no chance of appeal. Your executioners are waiting. I'm not dead yet. Don't tempt me. Gunships to attack. Battle speed. Full power to drives. Shields. Shields up. Attack. Go. Full power. This shuttle can't last much longer. It's too late to reach the freighter now. Too late for anything. Why did you ask to see us? What is your dream? I want it to end. I want to know how to overthrow the Federation. I want to win. Now. Very well. Blake Seven, The Liberator Chronicles. To the victor, the spoils. Volume 8. Oh, Jenna. I've missed you, you know. I know. Why did you leave? Good selection here of three stories here for the Blake 7 gang. And if you're a big fan of Blake 7, then obviously this will be for you as it's got some original cast members getting involved in this one. You've got Gareth Thomas as Blake himself. Jan Chapel as Kelly, the wonderfully psychic Kelly. Jacqueline Pierce as Servalan, absolute legend. Peter Miles, the late Peter Miles, who we recently lost... Um, who I think we mentioned last week as NIDA, didn't we? That is yeah. what I. That's what I wanted to know. That's what I needed to know. Um, that's yes, what I wanted to know. That's what Thank I, you. What, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I wanted to know. Uh, Dan Starkey and Gemma Churchill. Uh, so lots there. We've got three stories here. One: President by Simon Guria, The Sea of Iron by Mark Platt, and Spoils by James Goss. Wow. He's great. Well, I'm, I don't know very much about Blake 7. I mean, shockingly, I was never a great Blake 7 fan. What was your involvement with Blake 7? I, I remember watching the first episode and most of the first series. But when it got a bit camp, I, it, I kind of, it went out off my radar. Although I always came back for the final episode of each series. I also remember Blake 7 for me. Um, it was really strange. I remember it being on, like, on UK Gold, I think, on and off when growing up as, as a kid. Um and for some reason, I always associate it with some weird, this weird space playset that I bought from a place called Barbie Keels, which is like a charity for animals. And they had a little summer fate, and I bought this huge box of like space stuff. It was really good. But I've no idea what it was. Looking back, I can't. Mm. I just remember there was loads of polystyrene. But I always associate it with Blake Seven because I remember watching Blake Seven and having this set and just assuming that it was the same. It wasn't anything to do with Blake Seven, but in my mind, yes, I associated it with that. So that was my earliest memory of Blake 7. Um, and then later on, I, I bought the DVD box set, which for some reason is in, I think it's in like Dutch or something, or Polish, because you can buy... Sounds all like th- a pirate copy to me. No, no, it's a, it's a legal copy, but for some reason on Amazon, you can buy the four of them with, a for, with foreign subtitles with an English audio track for about a third of the, the cost of buying 
uh, all four together in the English version. Goodness me. I've done it with a lot of things. What? I've got it with, with Secret Army as well. And Colditz. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, um, I've never bought the DVDs. And I don't mean to sound negative about it because, you know, I know loads of people love it. And I'm, we're v I'm very, very pleased that, you know, it's found a home at Big Finish. Absolutely the right home for it. And, you know, some great people working on it. Also, you know, uh, I enjoyed meeting Paul Darrow ages ago at a Big Finish Day convention. He was absolutely charming. All of them, actually. Um, Michael Keating, great fun to chat to. Stephen Pacey, really enjoyed working with him on uh, the Zygon that fell to earth lovely guy um and gareth thomas in the uh, benji and nick show uh, last week i did my little anecdote about gareth yeah and brilliant. his drinking exploits and that was you know a real pleasure to know him i didn't really know sally nivette jan chapel i did a myth makers with and had a lovely day with her and jacqueline pierce of course i've worked amazing. With her a lot amazing she have i amazing. missed anyone out um no i don't think so i never met peter tudnam either no no, I think, you know, you, you don't know. They're people you know at the end of the day. They're people you've worked with. Yeah. So that, that you're going to know them and not everybody. So hey ho. Yeah. Now, I love a bit of Blake Seven. And it's always just for the. Dun, dun, dun. Every yeah. time. Every time makes me happy. It gives me shivers. Lovely. So, well, yeah. That was the thing that confused me about Blake Seven, you know, uh, when I was younger, because it, it sounded like Doctor Who because it was Dudley yeah. Simpson. <laughs> and yet it wasn't Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Uh, my taste was for that first series, really. Which absolutely, seems, I love that first series. You know. That first yeah. episode's anyway, amazing. It is the first episode is like it's nothing to do with the rest of the series, really. It's like a, it's almost like a play for today, isn't it? It's got that uh, very serious starkness to it. I remember I introduced anyway. uh, Crystal D to Blake Seven. We watched that first episode, and she was like, "This is really cool." It's like, yeah, she likes it then. Hell yeah, hell yeah, it's cool. So yeah, thank you very much, Ran. Always uh, coming up with some gold. If you like your Blake 7, check out The Liberator Chronicles Volume 8. And so, as the podcast washes down the hyperspatial drains of the planet Bogbrus Major, um, I just said brus instead of brush, but never mind. Just time for Nick to round up the latest releases. Poised to tingle your ear things. Oh, oh, oh yes, from bigfinish.com. Thanks, Benji. Prepare to be tingled. The Omega Factor Spider's Web, an audiobook performed by Louise Jameson, and an ebook too. People are loving it. Oh, there's a seagull just went past. It that. loves it. Uh, as indeed they are loving Series 3 of The Omega Factor, the full cast, full blooded supernatural drama, as Department 7 investigates all manner of strangeness. All manner of strangeness, all manner of things. That's one of uh, Paul Sprague's old favourite phrases. You say all man. manner of things. <laughs> uh, Tales from New Earth, previewed in a moment or several, is out there. Great cast, great stories, great reviews. Sherlock Holmes, the master of Blackstone Grange, writer Jonathan Barnes, gives us a beautifully authentic adventure for Holmes and Watson in their prime. Doctor Who Short Trips, The Turn of the Screw, performed by Yi Jeet So. Cracking stuff. Eighth Doctor action in a script by the brilliant Eddie Robson. And don't forget, of course, The Death of Captain Jack from Torchwood, featuring John Barrowman, of course, and a very close encounter with James Martin. Masters. That's your lot. Thank you very much, Nick. Uh, at any moment now, we head off to New Earth for the first 15 minutes of Escape from New New York by Roy Gill. 
Very excited to hear that. But before that, time to do our trailer for this podcast. Whoo! Coming up in this week's podcast from Big Finish, we delve into many new releases, including Ravenous. Yes, that's right, as well as a brand new series tease. Mm. Oh, very, very teasy wheezy. And uh, the Big Finish lunches and undercover reports. Yes, we go undercover and report on the Big Finish lunches. I don't know why I'm sounding like that, though. We have Sylvester McCoy giving us his thoughts in an interview. Oh, exciting stuff. And there's a drama tease. Tales from New Earth. Escape from New, 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 New York. I might have exaggerated and messed that up. There we are. Don't miss it. What do you reckon? Not bad. Not bad stuff. That's what I'll give an eight. It's an all right, you know. Not yeah. bad. Not a bad old trailer for what is not entirely truly, professional. That trailer, not a very professional trailer, but a, a truly wonderful <laughs> podcast, if I do say so myself. We've, we've just done it. We love it. And so now we go straight over to Tales of New Earth, Part One: Escape from New New York by Roy Gill. It's lucky I managed to read that out because I didn't write it down very well. <laughs> Tale of New Earth. <laughs> yes, if New Earth had a tale, this would be it. <laughs> Just the one. There was a world called New Earth, and some of the people who lived there were humans, some were aliens, and others were cats. And in that world stood New New York, a metropolis of glistening skyscrapers with a bustling undercity. There had been a disaster some years back, but now things were running smoothly. It was said to be a new golden age of prosperity. Perhaps we'd all become a little complacent. Perhaps we didn't dare look too closely at the things that connected us, that held us together. Not when experience showed they could so easily fall apart. Uh, hold on. Isn't this my story too? Mine and Thorns? Of course. I'm trying to set the scene. You're interrupting. I'm helping. Try to be patient. I am being patient. This is me being patient right now. Anyway, as I was saying, my name is Haim. I used to be a novice with the sisterhood, but they, I, made some bad choices, decisions I still regret. Now I'm a senator in the great parliament that sits in Ascension House. I still make mistakes sometimes, but I'm trying my best to help and to do right. Devon? Yes? Now would be appropriate? Oh, uh, I don't know what to say now. We agreed it would be good to have a record. But not all of it was good. Some of it was pretty awful. And that's why we must remember. Why not start at the beginning? OK, then. Um, I'm Devon Price. My mum loved stories of old Earth, and there was a country there called Devon. She named me after it. Uh, it was all made of cream, even the streets and houses. I don't know how that worked. It sounds delicious, if a little impractical. <laughs> My poor old mum, she probably got it wrong. She and Dad were new humans. They weren't long free from the sisterhood when they got caught up in the gridlock. 
Dad said it was like they'd stepped from one cage to another. And then they had me, their only son. Sometimes it felt like we were all growing up together, finding out how to live in this mad old city. It was seven years ago I'd lost them. There was an accident with a lift, a bad one. The elevator lodge claimed me as an orphan of descent. They took me in, taught me their secrets, and said I would always have a job. The city of New New York is always on the move. Ask me another. Oh, you know everything, Thorn. Another. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. What's the motto of Elevator Lodge? Seriously? That's your best shot? Well, go on then, Briar Boy, if you're so smart. Power is movement, and movement is power. Even a seedling knows that. Give me a proper question about torsion and lift ratio or Vallea flyer engines. Really? Wouldn't you rather just have another drink? I'm adequately hydrated, thank you. Uh, waiter! Oi, over here? Yeah, another round for me and my spiky friend. You're adequately hydrated too, Devon. Am I though? I'm pretty sure you are. Can't we just relax a bit? I mean, at least tonight. Exams are important. I don't plan to stay in lodge halls forever. I don't either. Once we're qualified, we'll have more credits coming in. Perhaps enough for an apartment in the upper undercity. Oh, wow, the upper undercity. Maybe the oh. low 200s. Could be 300s. If we pooled resources, got a place together. Devon? Hmm? Stop fidgeting with your wrist. I'm trying to ask you something. So, Thorn, don't you ever want something different? What? How, how do you mean? Something more. Something else. I don't know. An escape from New New York. Me and my brothers and sisters blew in on the tracks of an off-world freighter. This is where I settled. The Lodge raised me. It's my home. I know all that, but don't you want to go and find them? See how they're getting on? All I want is here. Last week, see, I was with a team servicing the elevators for the Ambassadorial Conclave. Nice installation. Classic counterweight system. Not the point. They've got custom suites for all the delegates. We were riding up and down, and every time the cab doors opened, I kept getting glimpses. The, the crystal desert of the glass monks, the telegraph trees of the wire owls, the winter god's labyrinth. Like looking out into other worlds. There's so much more to see, Thorn. It's all out there, waiting. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, and what do we get? The inside of some damp old lift shaft. You begin on the ground, huddled in the dark, then you grow, bit by bit. That's how it works. Even for humans. But it takes so long! It won't be forever. I promise. <laughs> Come here, you. Ow! <laughs> Did I scratch you again? A little bit. It's nothing. You sees and you shoots. I'm telling you, Devon, things are gonna happen. Well, I hope so. Oh, where are those drinks got to, anyway? Inebriation is not advisable. The order for refreshments was cancelled. Who by? You? What gives you the right, Mr. Lumen? 
the lumen serve the interests of Lux Incorporated. Only by being diligent and following the path may you hope to progress. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go and progress up your own... Devon, we're meant to respect the lumen. <laughs> the regulations clearly state if a cab leaves the guide rails, the safety brakes will be applied. Apprentice Price means no offence. Do you, Devon? Oh, not me. I'll see he gets back to the lodge safely. We'll be fine. Very well. Lux be with you. And you, Brother Lumen. I don't like those things. Because they're not human. Oh yeah, because I'm so obviously speciesist. <laughs> you great prickly lump. <laughs> they're just automatons, Devon. Don't let it bother you. There's so many of them. I mean, they might look like old lady New New Liberty with their stupid torches and pointy heads, but that doesn't make them automatically good, does it? Doesn't make them bad, either. They're just doing what they're built to do. I wish I was. Come on, I suppose we'd better be going. Will you think about it, then? The apartment. What apartment's that? <laughs> Never mind. I'll tell you tomorrow. I completely understand an interruption to the water supply is never acceptable. If you speak to my staff, I'm sure they'll assist. And the same to you. Senator Haim, I have a call from President Grossetest. Will you accept? Of course. Ah, Senator Haim. Madame President. You're very hard to track down, Haim. So rarely in your office. Why is that? A senator's life is one of service. I go where my people need me. Whatever delay it may cause to the affairs of state, I have to get the lumen to find you. I'm sorry to put you to so much trouble. Their baroque little torches do shed light into the darkest of corners. How is the Duchy of Brooklyn today? Rather lovely in the sun. The brownstones, the trees, the children playing in the yards. Personally, I haven't set foot there since the hipster skirmishes. I still shudder at the sound of a unicycle. Understandable, I'm sure, Madam President. But how can I help? There's a squabble brewing between the lodges. Oh? So soon? Fraulein Munro of House Synthesis is being obstinate. She is <coughs> of the Leonine persuasion. And you thought you might prevail upon my kinship to the Pride? That would be most helpful. There are important issues at stake, Senator. They would be best spoken of face to face. Until then, I would prefer to keep them under my hat. I am sure you'll do that admirably. Excuse me? Your hats. They are known for being rather lavish, Madam President. A certain amount of frivolity is required, Hain, to keep the media streams distracted. The Presidency is not only about power... It's also about presentation. I'll remember that. I'm sure you will make good use of it, should the opportunity arise. I didn't mean... That is to say, I have no aspirations towards the presidency. Naturally. We'll speak more soon, Haim. Yes, Madam President. While Haim was in Brooklyn, I was stuck in the exam hall of Elevator Lodge. Such a big room, so many questions, and my head wasn't in the best shape. Every time I glanced up, I saw the red face of Lodgemaster Potius glaring back. Actually, Potius was red all over. He was from Vermilon, but that didn't matter. He'd never liked me. Thorn was always his favourite. Hard-working, practical Thorn. Thorn! Psst! What? 
You're not writing anything. Why are you not writing anything? I've finished. What? Everything? Everything. All safe and no worries. You? Uh, not so much. <clears throat> I would remind the candidates that the only communication permitted in the hall is the written discussion of matters vertical. <sighs> Thinks he's so clever. That means no talking price. You have ten minutes to complete your paper. Oh, graves a notice. This is not good. Not good at all. Hey, hey, you old jazz cat. You heard the music and you came. <laughs> yes, Duke, from several blocks away, as it happens. Is it not magnificent? A Garon Nebulon valve stack connected to the nimblest, most subtle of pickups, all spinning the best vinyl collection this side of New Earth. Amazing. Some of these beauties date back to the 27th century. Old Earth must have been very lively. You better believe it, sister. <laughs> if a little taxing on the ears. But you didn't invite me here for a listening party. I'm afraid not. I hate to say it, Hame, but there's something very rotten in the state of Brooklyn. The Duke of Brooklyn was, if not the greatest of the seven Dukes of New New York, then certainly the largest. It had been several decades since the giant near-human had left his brownstone, during which time the rooms had filled up both with his record collection and an ever-growing clan of otters. The otters lived and loved in the Duke's prodigious beard, using it to build their dens, in exchange, the Duke gained a resourceful and trusted staff. It was a mutually beneficial arrangement that reflected the measure of the man, and, I think, the spirit of New New York itself. Maxwell, if you could dip the amp. I'll cut to the chase, Haim. I may not get around much, but I keep my finger on the pulse. And I tell you this. There are citizens, good people, that have fallen from my sight and cannot be found. You mean they've left? Moved away to another borough? Just gone. Relocated off-world, then? New Earth is not for everyone. If they have, they tell no one about it. They blow away without a trace. Families, friends, and belongings left behind. I wonder. There have been rumors of mega-crocodiles... A new infestation in the sewers. Wild stories, I expect, but if they found a way up and started hunting... They've not been eaten. There'd be evidence. There's always something. I tease, Maxwell. Your help more than compensates for the occasional fish head in the beard. No, Aim. These people just vanish. Snatched away like a needle lifted from a song. This is most troubling. You were right to contact me, Duke. I'll do all I can. Your papers have been examined by myself and by our brother Lumen. Lux be with you. Quite. And we have your results. Apprentice Thorn, step forward. Apprentice, no longer. You are now Engineer Thorn, probationary class. Congratulations. He has been set upon the upwards path. Yeah, well done, mate. Nice one. You'll be given your own set of access keys. They accord you full privileges in any elevator installed or maintained by the Lodge and Lux Incorporated. We trust you will use them wisely. I will. What about Devon? 
Ah, yes. Apprentice Place. You too. Step forward. You will not be joining your friend. Bad luck, David. While I was amused by the imaginative aspects of your paper, the idea of using precognition to avoid congestion is not without merit. The practical side was sadly lacking. Dear me, Price, what's in that head? I'll try again. I'll do better. I hope so. I suggest you say your goodbyes to Thorn. Your paths are diverging. I'm not going anywhere. As the cab rises, so the counterweight descends. Such a wise saying, and so apt. Are you going to be the counterweight all your life, Price? He can retake the exam. Not till next term. You've been listening to a Big Finish production.